Thursday, August 16th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, if you are tired of the same old sports talk, if you're tired of the arguments, if you're tired of the callers that call in and say things like, hey, long-time caller, first-time listener, thanks for taking my question. I'll go ahead and hang up. Yeah, you know what? Hang out here for a while. You're going to like it a little bit better. We try to talk sports with a dose of common sense, and we prefer to laugh at the world of sports because a lot of it is actually pretty fun. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Thursday to you. You might not realize this. Just want to throw this out there. But do you realize that today, Thursday, August 16th, is National Tell a Joke Day? Something to keep in mind, maybe as you go to work, Maybe as you hang out around the house, see your friends, see your family, see your coworkers. Today is National Tell a Joke Day. Now, personally, me here at the Daily Dose, not like a joke teller. Like we get a little bit snarky here at the Dose, but I'm not exactly rolling out like knock knock jokes or anything like that. So I don't know if I'm going to participate in National Tell a Joke Day today. It's not really my bag. That's not really what I do. I should tell a joke today. Is that what you're saying? I should come up with some sort of joke today. Let's see if I can come up with something just for this special occasion. Because like I said, it's not really what we do, but let's see if I can come up with some sort of a joke for this special occasion today. Let's see. How about this one? Um, So Denver Broncos quarterback Paxton Lynch walks into a bar. Are you ready for this one? Bartender says, hey, you're Paxton Lynch. You might not realize this, but we have a drink named after you here. Paxton says, you have a drink called Dog Crap Quarterback? (laughs) See, and there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks very much. This one's for John or whatever. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, tell us maybe your favorite joke. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dailydosesports at gmail.com or feel free to reach out to us over on Twitter or Facebook. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. Maybe you have a suggestion that you are wishing we would cover here at The Dose. And you're saying, hey, I have a top five list for you. Or I have a specific subject that I would love for you to talk about. I'm never going to do it if you don't reach out. So feel free to reach out. We would love to hear from you. Hey, we've got a lot to get to today. There isn't a ton of breaking news coming out right now. But there are a couple of stories that I want to make sure that we cover. And you know, as we have done all week... We've been looking at a few things as we get ready for football season to get here. It's coming very, very quickly. And you know, so far this week, we've previewed some coaches in both the NFL and college football. We've taken a look at some of the best defenses that we can expect to see this football season. Today, we're actually going to be looking at something else. Got to make sure that you stick around for that. Like I said, not a whole lot coming out in the world of breaking news, but but there were a couple of stories that I wanted to make sure that we touched on. Now, one of the stories that is getting some serious air out there, a lot of sports media is jumping on this one. Not sure if you saw this coming out in the NFL, but Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey, who is suspended until next week, but that doesn't mean he's going to be keeping his mouth shut over his suspension. Apparently, in a recent GQ magazine, Jalen Ramsey is quoted as saying, Buffalo Bills rookie quarterback Josh Allen is trash. Ramsey also said Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan is overrated. 
that he's just a product of Kyle Shanahan's offensive system. Now, Ramsey predicted Houston's quarterback, Deshaun Watson, is going to be an NFL MVP in a few years. He says Los Angeles Rams quarterback, Jared Goff, was average to maybe above average. He called Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, decent at best. And he said he didn't think that the Colts quarterback, Andrew Luck, was all that good. Okay, you know what? I've got a question for you, Jalen Ramsey. Well, first off, first and foremost, how dare you? You insult these fine young quarterbacks? You act like they're not any good? Who made you the expert on this thing? In fact, you know, I want to actually call Jalen Ramsey on this. I want to talk to him firsthand. I don't want to go through channels and discuss this through the media or on Twitter. I don't want to do that. You know what? Joining us right now, we have Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey to discuss some of the things that he said here recently about some of his peers in the NFL. Jalen, I actually was reading your interview in GQ. And just to kind of recap this one more time, let's see. You called Josh Allen trash. You said Matt Ryan is overrated. Deshaun Watson is probably going to be good. Jared Goff is just above average. Big Ben is decent at best. And you said Andrew Luck isn't that good. Where in the world do you get off? Where in the world did you even learn this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. You know what? Now that he mentions it, I thought those opinions sounded kind of familiar. You know, the media can bash Jalen Ramsey all they want. I'm not really going to argue with any of the takes he had. When you listen to what he actually said, you know, one thing I didn't hear, I've heard a lot of people saying, how dare he say that? Why would he say that? You know what I didn't hear anyone say? He's totally inaccurate. I haven't heard a whole lot of that. I mean, you can bash Jalen Ramsey for his opinions, and I do think he's a little bit immature, probably needs to get his head on, should probably be focused on the Jacksonville Jaguars season instead of his silliness. But I got to be honest, I'm not bashing him. I'm thinking about booking him on the dose as a guest so I can catch up on some naps. Jalen Ramsey is crushing it on these takes. Hey, open invite Jalen Ramsey. You can come host the dose anytime you want kind of agree with the guy, to be honest with you. Switching over to the NBA, we also have another player putting his opinions out there in the media because we have a player that is upset with the Golden State Warriors. Yes, again, in a recent interview, Portland Trailblazers shooting guard CJ McCollum says he isn't a fan of the super team trend in the NBA. When asked about the super team dynamic in a publication, McCollum said, I would never do anything of that nature. I think that's disgusting. McCollum was also asked if super teams are indeed the future of the NBA, but he expressed his belief most players aren't going to go that way. Most of them are going to go in a different direction. Here's what McCollum had to say. I think some players will take that route, but most guys have too much pride. They really want to win on their own or in their certain organizations. They're not just going to jump on the bandwagon. He went on to call, like I said, NBA teams disgusting, said he would never join one. And then apparently later in the interview, he was asked why he wouldn't join one. And he said, truthfully, because a super team would never want me. You know, but he didn't say that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he admitted that. Again, you know, sometimes at the Daily Dose, we get news stories that are like partially accurate. And then I don't know. I think we somebody's manipulating the end of the story because I'm not sure he ever admitted that. We might be once again the victim 
of fake news here at the Daily Dose. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue our preparation for the football season. We are going to be taking a look at the teams that are going to be putting up some serious points this season. So, you know, all week, we have been prepping for the football season. We have looked at the best that is coming in football. We have looked at the best coaches in the NFL and in the college game. We have looked at the top defenses in the NFL and in college football. And today, we are going to turn our attention to the teams that can truly light up the scoreboard this year. Now, the thing about these teams that we're going to talk about, they are never going to be out of any game because there is always going to be that chance they can put up some serious late scores, still pull off a win, even when it looks improbable. Who are the best offenses in football going to be this year? We're going to start off in college football. Here are five teams that are going to be pretty tough to stop. You know, if we are going to look at top offenses, we should probably start, at least on some level, looking at some of the top quarterbacks. Now, one of the top quarterbacks this year is again coming out of a place that we don't always think of when we think of great quarterback play. But Missouri Tigers quarterback Drew Locke, he is a prospect that NFL scouts are drooling over. He has the size at 6'4 and 225, and he's got an arm that is capable of stretching the field. But here's the biggest thing that Drew Locke has coming back this year. He has most all of his entire offensive line returning. That's always huge. You know, a lot of times we look at these quarterbacks and we say, oh man, he's coming back. He's going to be a senior. He's going to be a junior. And he was so good last year. And we don't really look at the offensive line. We ignore the fact that his entire offensive line is gone. Then we say, oh, he's going to have a really big year. Uh, no, he's not. He's going to get killed for most of the year. He's going to be playing, just trying to stay alive all season. That's not the case here with Drew Locke. Now, last season, Locke threw for 44 touchdowns. That was the best in all of FBS. If you were just to break down the best quarterbacks in college football last year, how many people would have said Drew Locke? He threw the most touchdowns of anyone. And the Missouri Tigers averaged 37.5 points per game. Not only does Locke come back, he does have wide receiver Jonathan Johnson returning, who had over 700 yards last year. Now, I do have some concerns about Missouri's depth at some of their skill position areas. They've got decent starters, not exactly sure what's going to be behind them. Former Tennessee head coach Derek Dooley is actually going to be the offensive coordinator this year in Columbia for Locke. And while he should be up to the task, you know that when a new offensive coordinator comes in, sometimes it takes a little while to get that system rolling. It takes a little while to get everyone on the same page and completely understand their assignments to get the playbook nailed down. You don't want to be playing mechanically. And sometimes when you're just learning the playbook, there's no flow to your game. So it could take Missouri a little while to get going, but eventually I think the Missouri Tigers are going to be very, very tough to stop. You know, this next team could end up being the highest scoring offense in the entire nation, primarily because of their schedule. And that is actually why I only have them here at number four. The University of Central Florida did lose some pieces from last year's, whatever you want to call it, pretend national championship including their head coach, Scott Frost. So there could be a learning curve as new head coach Josh Heupel takes over. But the Central Florida Knights do return some talent from that offensive unit. Keep in mind, Central Florida was scoring 48 points a game last year. Obviously, that was best in the country as far as just points scored. 
And they do return some pieces from that offense. Quarterback McKenzie Milton, he is back. So is speedy running back Adrian Killens Jr. Now, Central Florida did lose a few offensive linemen, which does hurt. My biggest problem with Central Florida is it's pretty doubtful that they're even going to play a single-ranked team until maybe their bowl game. So there's no question Central Florida is going to score a ton of points. I have no question about that. I expect them to. Could they do it against the top defenses in the country? I guess it doesn't matter because they won't have to. So I don't know if they could or not, but they're not going to play any of the top defenses in the country, so it really doesn't matter. Central Florida will be a high-scoring offense this year. Now, our next team may have lost one of the best quarterbacks to ever play at the college level in Baker Mayfield. But hey, make no mistake, the Oklahoma Sooners are still going to have a ton of weapons offensively. They still have a really good running back tandem. Rodney Anderson and Trey Sermon combined for nearly 2,000 yards and 18 touchdowns last year. That's not bad. Marquise Brown is a 1,000-yard receiver, and we know head coach Lincoln Riley, he is going to be getting this offense cranked up. He loves throwing the football deep down the field. The only question we have really for Oklahoma, as far as their offense, it's kind of a big one because we don't know exactly who the quarterback is going to be. That job is still up in the air. There's a battle between Kyler Murray and Austin Kendall. But whoever wins that job, they're going to have some serious weapons at their disposal. There is no question about that. You can see between the running backs, between the wide receivers, the offensive line is not bad. And you know, like I said, head coach Lincoln Riley, he's going to be working on this offense quite a bit. Yes, the Oklahoma Sooners lost Baker Mayfield, but they are still going to score some serious points this year, no matter who ends up winning the job. Will it look a little different than it did last year? No question. Of course it will. But they're still going to be very, very good. Now, our next team might actually feel like a little bit of a surprise that we would throw them in here. But I'm telling you right now, they absolutely belong. And I'm going to say something. And when I say it, you're going to swear that I'm crazy. You're going to have to trust me on this. The West Virginia Mountaineers have a chance to be the best offense in college football. Do you realize West Virginia returns nearly everyone from last year when they averaged nearly 35 points a game and they were throwing the ball for over 300 yards every game. Of course, it all starts with quarterback Will Greer, who should be a Heisman contender. It's been a while since we've had a legitimate Heisman contender out of West Virginia. Now, Greer threw for nearly 3,500 yards last year And he did it in just 10 games because he suffered a hand injury that ended his year early. But it's not just Greer coming back. David Sills is a wide receiver who is already on the Bolitnikoff award list. Gary Jennings, TJ Simmons are also both very good wide receivers. Jennings had 97 catches last year. He's back. The running backs are also going to be excellent. Kennedy McCoy and Martel Petaway have each rushed for over 100 yards in Big 12 games. So it's not going to be anything new for them. They've already done it. They've already done it in a conference game. It's not like they just came in in garbage time. They have played in some big time games already. And the biggest thing, again, the West Virginia offensive line returns intact as well. Hey, if the West Virginia Mountaineers can avoid the injury bug, that offense is going to be lethal. 
I'm not talking about their defense. I don't know what their defense is going to do. But that offense is going to be very, very nasty because they return a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Our final team in college football that I think has a chance to have the best offense in the country is a team that could be a little bit surprising that they're here only because of how much they lost from last year's team. Because the Georgia Bulldogs lost both running backs Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. They also lost offensive tackle Isaiah Wynn. But make no mistake, the Bulldogs still return a ton of talent. If you want to store a name kind of in your memory bank and just kind of put it off to the side and think about it later, I would put this name in there. Running back DeAndre Swift. Because that is a kid that could absolutely end up being a superstar for Georgia. He obviously didn't get that many snaps playing behind Chubb and Michelle last year. But Swift might be the best running back of the bunch. He has the entire package. Of course, the biggest reason that I put Georgia up this high is because they bring back stud sophomore quarterback Jake Fromm. As a freshman, all Jake Fromm did was start 14 games He threw for 2,600 yards, and he threw for 24 touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, he took the Georgia Bulldogs, a team that always, always, always seems to stumble, seems to lose a game that they have no business losing. He took them all the way to the national championship game, where, of course, they stumbled and came up short again. But that's not the point. That's not what I'm saying. The fact is, Jake Fromm took Georgia further this past season than they have been in decades. Now, the left side of the offensive line returns. The right side has a little bit of experience, but the starters are actually gone. Last year, the Georgia Bulldogs scored 35 points a game. Now you have Jake Fromm back. He's done it once. He has some experience. It's not all brand new to him. He's not a dumb freshman. Now he's a sophomore with some serious big game experience the Georgia Bulldogs might be even better this year. Now, if you've heard our rankings, maybe you've been listening all week and you've already heard our rankings of the best offensive and the best defensive teams over the past two days, you know Georgia made our list on both days. The Georgia Bulldogs should be pretty good this year. Biggest question that we always have about anyone in the SEC, it's always the same question. Can they actually step up and challenge Alabama. It's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on the SEC this year. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue to take a look at the most explosive teams in football. Now we're going to switch over to the NFL. Which teams are going to be putting up big points in 2018? Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. August Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Mayhem, because wherever they go, mayhem seems to follow. Celebrate some of your favorite havoc-wreaking characters and chaotic moments with exclusive gear and collectibles. August Loot Crate theme features items from Rick and Morty, Office Space, Harley Quinn, and DC Comics, but if none of those franchises interest you, go over to Loot Crate, because they're going to have anything you can think of. The best part, of course, about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, Just be sure that you type daily dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. It's always good to save a little money when you can. That way, you know, you can use your money on other things, betting on games and 
spending it at the bar as you're watching the game and, you know, sports-related things. Make sure that you stop by LootCrate.com. Now, we are going to move on to the pros. And while we know, we talked about it this week, defense wins championships, right? Yeah, take a look at last year's Super Bowl. 74 points scored. Over 1,100 yards combined between the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. On the biggest stage, in the biggest game, those two teams combined for one single punt. (laughs) Yes, defense wins championships. And you know what? In this era today, so does offense. So yes, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You heard it here first. Offense and defense wins championships. And I don't know, I guess special teams. Offense and defense and special teams win championships, okay? You heard it here first, but I'm not going to go down and break down punters and kickers and all that stuff. So offense and defense. But today, we're going to look at the offense. And first up, we have a team that lost a number of weapons because gone is Nate Solder. Gone is Danny Amendola. Gone is Martellus Bennett. Gone is Brandon Cooks. Gone is Dion Lewis. And don't forget that wide receiver Julian Edelman is going to miss the first four games of the season while serving a suspension for that banned substance. Surely, this year, the New England Patriots offense is going to fall off the edge, right? I mean, they have to at some point. Could it be this year? Yeah, maybe. But the Patriots do still have Tom Brady. They do still have Rob Gronkowski, and they do still have Bill Belichick. That is a pretty tough group to stop. Now, Chris Hogan, Corderell Patterson, Philip Dorsett, they're going to have to step up. But hey, this is what Belichick does. I'm just going to go ahead and guess. I'm just going to throw this out there, take a look at my crystal ball. I'll just guess here's what's going to happen. The Patriots are going to lose early. They'll lose to like Houston or they'll lose to Jacksonville or someone like that. Maybe even get blown out. And everyone's going to say, hey, the Patriots are finally done. It's over. They're finished. And then they'll roll off like 10 in a row. It's just what they do. I know the Patriots don't have a ton of weapons this year. And you know what? They're probably still going to score some points because it is just what they do. I still expect the Patriots offense to be pretty good this year. Now, our next team, they're not even going to have their full arsenal of weapons, but they will still have enough to score some serious points, just like they did last year when they averaged 22 points and almost 400 yards per game. And sure, they're probably going to lose a few of these games that they put up these huge offensive numbers, but you'll be entertained because that is just what the Chargers, whether they're in San Diego or whether they're in Los Angeles, that's just what they do. Phillip Rivers still has two years left on his contract and he is still out in Southern California slinging the football all over the field. Last year, Rivers threw for over 4,500 yards and 28 touchdowns. And here's the more surprising part. He only had 10 interceptions. Now, I'm positive he wants that touchdown number two go up, and it actually might because he's got wide receiver Mike Williams back after missing most of his rookie season. We know tight end Antonio Gates has retired, but the Chargers are still begging him to come back because they lost tight end Hunter Henry to injury. But still, the Chargers have other weapons. Keenan Allen is back, and he'll try to avoid injuries this year. Tyrell Williams is a good developing wide receiver, And if the Chargers could just get anything, anything whatsoever out of their running game, the Los Angeles Chargers could be 
the top scoring offense in the league. Is there any way they could get running back Melvin Gordon on track this year? If so, yeah, the Los Angeles Chargers are going to be a very, very potent offense. We know they can do it in the passing game. They need to have something out of the running game. They have to get something. Now, our next team, as usual, is completely loaded with weapons. And also, as usual, we have a number of questions as to how they'll actually perform. If you have the triple Bs, you should be pretty explosive, shouldn't you? And the Pittsburgh Steelers have them in Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. But the Steelers have more than that. They also have wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, tied in Jesse James, and they went and drafted rookie wide receiver James Washington. Now, of course, what is going to be interesting to watch this season is if the Steelers' offense looks any different under a new offensive coordinator. Don't forget, Todd Haley is now in Cleveland. But the biggest thing with the Steelers is that there is always a feeling with this group that we're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. The Pittsburgh Steelers should be a top offense, right? It's just that they don't always look like it. And I don't understand why. Because like I said, when you have all that talent, their offense looks like an all-star team. But sometimes they produce and sometimes they disappear. And when you're starting off the season with things like contract disputes and preseason concussions that you took in a practice sometime, yet you're not off to a good start again. The Steelers should be a top offense. Now we get to see if they actually will be a top offense. Our next team up, the Philadelphia Eagles proved on the biggest stage they are capable of outscoring anyone. Yes, even Tom Brady and even the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And as impressive as that is, and that was highly impressive, what makes it even more incredible is the fact that Philly did it with their backup quarterback. Hey, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, and we've seen him go down, he went down last year, the Packers go in the tank. If we see a Drew Brees go down, the Saints are going to be in trouble. If Tom Brady goes down this year, the Patriots are going to be in trouble, right? If Blake Bortles gets injured this year, okay, never mind. Bad example, but you get my point. The Philadelphia Eagles last year lost Carson Wentz and still went on to a Super Bowl victory. Why is that? Well, one, because they have a really, really nasty defense. No question about that. But also because they have some serious weapons around whoever is playing quarterback. Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, Jay Ajay. The Philadelphia Eagles averaged 306 yards and 29 points a game last year. Carson Wentz leaves late in the season. He's no longer there. And in the postseason, with Nick Foles at quarterback, the Eagles actually jumped up to 31 points a game. Now, we have to see this year when Wentz actually returns, but I don't know if it matters on some level. That offense is still going to be very, very potent because we have seen they are capable of putting up big points, whether or not it is with Wentz or whether it is with Foles. The Philadelphia offense is just one of the best in the league. Our final team is one that I wouldn't have believed you. I just, I wouldn't have. If you had told me two years ago when the Los Angeles Rams were playing for head coach Jeff Fisher that they would be the top offense in the NFL, I would still be laughing at you. That offense was so backward 
and so completely out of date, they were completely dysfunctional. In his final season, the Rams averaged 262 yards and 14 points a game. And in just one season, Sean McVay has made this group explosive. You know, it wasn't that they didn't have talent. They had talent. Hey, Todd Gurley is a man running the football. Jared Goff can at least throw pretty accurately at times. They had a couple of role player wide receivers and they're getting better because this season, the Rams went out and they signed wide receiver Brandon Cooks who could stretch the field a little bit and could spread things out a little more. Last year, the Los Angeles Rams averaged 361 yards and a league best 30 points a game. And the scary thing about them, this year, they could actually be even better. You know, over the past couple weeks here, we've been previewing a few different things to keep an eye on as football season gets here. And in the last two days, just looking at the best offenses and looking at the best defenses, I think we're starting to get an idea of which teams should be pretty solid this season. Hey, tomorrow is Friday. Of course, we will be looking at the latest sports news and stories. And as we usually do on Friday, we will be previewing the weekend in sports. Plus, you know you have to tune in because on Fridays, we have our weekly Daily Dose Top 5. You know you got to make sure you show up for that. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to the Daily Dose every day. Thank you for the feedback, the questions, and the suggestions. Thank you so much for sharing the show. That is very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.